that's weird. That's fucking weird. We should probably talk about it. There's a mystery here. I don't know why we even do this anymore. I don't know. Because <laughs> it's fun. It is. It's episode 21. Yeah. Oh, it's me. It is you. All right. Well, I can do this. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Uh, and I believe in you, Christy. Yeah. Okay. I can do this. We are... <laughs> This one is a true story. Oh. Um, it's not spooky or supernatural, but it is pretty weird, and it, it does get a little morbid. I mean, those are the only requirements of the podcast. It's true. All right. This is called The Kazik of Poies. Excuse me? Right. Uh, who was also named Gregor McGregor. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know someone named Gregor, so please continue. It's a real person. Gregor McGregor was who his parents... Mr. and Mrs. McGregor decided to name him. That is not nice. No. So that's probably why he turned out how he did. He was a Scottish soldier in the early 1800s, and he's known for being the most brazen con man in history. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, And it's a pretty fucked up con, actually, but like it's real involved. It's really great. Um, And I say that, I don't know. It's probably not great for the people involved. <laughs> people getting conned, not so great. Everyone not else, good. awesome. Everyone else, it's pretty fun to hear about. Okay. He fought in the Peninsular War, and that was like, I don't know, something in uh, Portugal versus Napoleon. Okay. This is like Regency era. So like while he's conning people and like taking their money and shit, like Jane Austen's getting married or something. I don't know. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so then he went to Venezuela. He did a pretty good job. He did some stuff in Florida. He basically had a pretty good, like, successful career in South America as, like, a, you know, leader of people in his job, whatever military rank it was, I forget. Um, he also was terrible at his job. Oh, okay. And somehow he had a great reputation. Like, he did one tour with some company that was like famous for being good and was involved in it called like the diehards and he did like a good job he didn't even do a good job there he just was there for it so he had a good reputation so everyone was like oh yeah that guy's pretty good right no he was awful he was real bad he squandered funds that people gave him to start like little missions and stuff he lost battles he just kind of stopped following through halfway through a military campaign so that he could like talk to people about how they're so victorious and just spend his time designing new fake badges to give people. He gave people fake badges, like fake medals? He was, like, obsessed with the the military um, wardrobe and, like, just thought it was cool and, like, wanted to make up his own shit to add to it. Okay. So he did that instead. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> My cat almost got a face full of a soy candle. Oh, jeez. It was worrisome. Um, so he did that instead of following through on a campaign that ultimately led to opening them up to some Spanish soldiers coming in and just fucking up their shit. And when that happened, he hopped on a boat and he like just sort of like kind of tried to run away and passed out and somebody brought him to the ship. And then the commander who was still on land fighting the Spanish, uh, sent a message to him and was like, so what do we do? And he was like, never surrender, whatever you do. And then he fucking left them. Oh, my God. Right? He did this twice. How, how, why is anyone listening to this man? I don't know. He must be confident as shit. Yeah, he I definitely had a bold dad. 
<laughs> for sure. That's all I can tell you. Uh, he abandoned troops to fight and lose twice. And the second time he did it, people actually like heard about it and they got pissed and he was like shunned everywhere. He couldn't go back to the mainland of South America because some other guy was like, yeah, let's hang this guy for treason because holy shit. Damn. Yeah. So that is how he ended up on the Mosquito Coast. The Mosquito Coast? The Mosquito Coast. That which sounds is like an awful place. Spelled like mosquito, but it's named after um, like a tribe of people who were like native people, but also descendants of a one one slave ship shipwrecked there. And they just kind of assimilated, I guess. Oh, okay. Um, so they were called the Mosquito People, but it wasn't spelled like mosquito, but sometimes it was. <laughs> I think mosquito is maybe the Spanish spelling of it. Anyway, it's it's the area on the east coast of some of Honduras and all of Nicaragua that basically Britain said was a kingdom and protected them against the Spanish just to fuck up Spain's claim to the land. <laughs> so they called it the kingdom of, Mos- of the Mosquito Coast or something like that. That's petty as fuck. I like it. So they had um, chieftain. They had a chieftain guy who they called the king. But he didn't have a lot of power. It was really like just a dude who was kind of in charge of a loosely organized egalitarian society of just like native people that had lived there for a while. Okay. Yeah. So it was just like they sounded chill. Pretty chill as fuck, actually. <laughs> they sounded chill. But <laughs> in retrospect, they, retrospect, seemed, real they chill. seemed real chill. Uh, but they didn't have a lot of power. They were just like, yeah, I mean, I don't want Spanish people coming in and taking over my land either. So, sure, protect us. Call us a kingdom. Whatever you want. I'm just here. Um, so, Gregor McGregor found himself in the court of King George Frederick Augustus I of the Mosquito Coast. Okay. Who traded him 8 million acres of land in exchange for some rum and jewelry. That's bigger than Wales. Holy crap. So he had a shitload of land um, in South America, uh, and it was beautiful land, but you couldn't do anything with it. You couldn't, like, farm on it, and he couldn't have livestock on it. Um, so it was just, like, a couple of a couple of hermits, apparently, that were just chilling there, and then, like, native people that had lived there forever. But, like, very few and scattered and just from the surrounding areas kind of went there sometimes, it seemed like. Okay. Um, but the the native people who lived like kind of by a river that he inherited and in, as part of this land were called the Poyer. So he called it the country of Poyais, P-O-Y-A-I-S. Uh, and he called himself the Kazik of Poyais and said that the king of the Mosquito Coast named him a prince, basically. Kazik is like um, the banished word for like a, ch- a chief basically oh, okay and the way he used it was kind of like as if he was a prince so he just gave himself another title huh? he just gave himself another he was literally like this is my kingdom <laughs> the kingdom it's mine now i have my own kingdom and he went to london where apparently everybody forgot that he was such a fuck up and only heard like the distinguished part of it Oh, They're like, oh, yeah, I heard he was, like, doing some thing that one thing that was good that he was even involved in. And nobody remembered all the other stuff that he did. And so everyone was like, wow, the king of the, you know, Prince of Poise, you're 
great, please come to my party. <laughs> Everyone loved him. His wife met him there in London. And they just went to everybody's parties, and everyone loved him. And he told them all about Pues, and that it was a democratic country, and he was looking for investors and settlers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Here comes so, the con. Here comes the con. He basically, it's so deep. He, he invented an entire country. He made coats of arms for them. He made up a banking system, distinct military uniforms for different ranks in the army, um, while he was in the British Army, he had this obsession with designing some kind of like fake medal of honor or something that had a green cross on it. And guess what the flag for Poyes was? <laughs> did it have a green cross it on it? It did. Wow. Um, he had a pamphlet that he showed people that printed that had a decree from him that said he was leaving for London to find people to move there. Basically, he led people to believe that it was like a thriving latin american country that was a democracy that he just sort of inherited because that king gave him rulership over it (laughs) and he just wanted to bring like you know skilled workers and missionaries from england and investors to make it better and make it more like i don't know british i guess wow and he oh man So people were, like, really taken in by this. And I guess it wasn't that weird because during that time in history, like, a bunch of Latin American countries were just sort of, like, rising and falling and maybe under British control or maybe not. So they were like, sure, whatever. You could be a king of a tiny Latin American country. Why not? (laughs) Again, this country was bigger than Wales. Wow. It was – it would be like me taking – a spring break trip to England and coming back and telling everyone that I am now the Prince of Wales. That's that's what it was like. Insane. But also the first time you said Wales, I was definitely thinking of the animal. <laughs> <laughs> Eight million acres. That's bigger than a whale. I was like, yeah, that is bigger than Wales, Christy. Good job. <laughs> it makes so much more sense now, believe it or not. <laughs> oh, my God. I just got animals on the brain 24-7. Wow. Sorry. It, it is bigger than multiple whales. <laughs> like, good job. Yeah. Wow. It's probably bigger than whales plus a whale. Yeah. Wow. 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 <laughs> okay. So he um, started selling land certificates to people for this country mm-hmm. and getting their investments. And he hooked up with a bank in London and sold government bonds to people on the London Stock Exchange. What? Yeah, he managed to do this. He really hit it hard, too. Like, it wasn't just... Like, he was famous then for this. He wasn't just, like, some weird dude at your weird, creepy party that is trying to sell you land to a country you've never heard of. He did interviews. He hired people to make ballads about the country. Um, He, like... Didn't people that were buying these things, did they not go to their new land that they bought? Oh, Ashley. Just you wait. Okay. I was like, oh I don't, my God. I don't get it. No, he sold them um, bonds. Someone called him the founding fa- founder of securities fraud because he sold everybody bonds there. He wrote a 355-page guidebook about the area. Oh, holy shit. That's how deep this goes. Yeah, he was very involved. He was very involved. It was such a fiction too and he just like he literally hired someone to be the the 
like royal cobbler and like <laughs> so shit he, like that i can't believe he was using money on like he was making a bunch of money by conning people but he was using that money to continue the lie like why not just run off at that point like hiring people to make things for your fake country he was making so much money and nobody called him out on it why the government wasn't like oh what's this country we've never heard of that you're literally selling government bonds for on our stock exchange maybe we should check it out yeah it didn't seem like there were a whole lot of um like checks and balances going on or whatever no that's not the right phrase it sounded like he went to a bank with a good reputation got a loan and used that money to start selling government bonds what the fuck yeah and so finally people decided to immigrate he had enough people to have a couple of ships sail to Poyais and immigrate there and they exchanged their savings for Poyais official currency Oh, my God. So they gave him money to buy land on his shitty, nearly uninhabitable land that he told them was basically already a thing. They thought they were going to set up, like, a little city near a bunch of cities and shit and, like, I don't know, build a a well for poor people or something, you know? Wow. Yeah, do they think they were going to, like, I don't know. Yeah, open little stores and, like, someone would be the farmer and, like, how did they They did. They thought that. That's what they thought. There are people and like what uh it's it gets so sad. Okay, so there was there were two ships and a total of two hundred and fifty people in the first immigrant thing. He took all their money and gave them fake ass currency. Oh my god. And they sailed to Poise and they couldn't really find where they were supposed to land, so they just kinda landed somewhere and they were like, Oh, where is everyone? Also, fun fact, he like rode out in his boat to say goodbye to both ships and when the second ship left he told them that they were the first immigrant voyage and everyone was like yay like that's how deep his lies are that he's just like whoever you are like every single ship that leaves is like congratulations you're the first ones (laughs) what a piece of shit uh so they they got there and it was like nothing there were like some real confused native people that were living there that were like i i don't know what to tell you buddy right i'm going home bye and there were like two like american hermits and they were just you know <laughs> hanging those, out i guess people. um and and they just like you know can you imagine expecting to see a country and then ending up in some like weird uninhabited uninhabitable like fucking forest in south america that's messed up like how do you not just turn around and get back on the boat or can you at that point because they got there and they they were like well this is weird maybe we landed in the wrong spot i'm a little confused let's just wait it out see if they come see if the government comes to greet us like they were so taken in by this i don't know how they were so taken in by it Two weeks later, they waited for two weeks. And, like, then the, the captain of the ship that took them was like, okay, guys, fuck this. I'm going to leave if you're staying. <laughs> I'm going to fucking leave. Whatever, but I'm going to fuck off. And so that happened to them. And uh, the guy who was supposed to lead the expedition, Colonel Hall was his name. And he figured it out pretty quick and was like, oh. He's fuck. like, we've, we've been bamboozled. We've been bamboozled. 
hard. Um, and he, like, I think that he wasn't one of the people that was taken in by it so much as he was a guy that he hired to lead a oh. settlement expedition, kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's why he wasn't such a fucking idiot. But he figured it out and was like, okay. But he didn't tell anybody it because he thought, like, you have 250 people or, like, half of 250 people. What are you going to tell them? Like, hey, guys, so you have no money anymore and we've been abandoned on a uninhabitable South American country. But he so he just made something up and left to go, like, talk to the king of Mosquito <laughs> and was like, hey, and, and try and find, like, a ship that would take them back. And, like, he just couldn't find any ships that could help them. And the king guy was like, I had, this doesn't sound like my problem, man. I don't even He's like, I do fucking anything live here. here. So. Yeah. <laughs> he was kind of like, I don't know. I mean, it was shitty and uninhabitable. That's why I traded it to some guy for just some rum and jewelry. Yeah, what the fuck? So did they expect the guy to McGregor or whatever? Did they expect him to come with? I don't know. I think they, ex- they yeah, they expected it to be an actual country. Of course. They expected him to return at some point and that some of them would have jobs in his little, like, court and whatever. Oh, right. But, of course, he stayed in London. Yeah. And so these people, so Hall was trying to figure their shit out. And, like, then the second group of settlers got there and their ship also left. And eventually, like, a, a ship was going from, like, the city where the king of the Mosquito Coast was to British Honduras, I think, is what I got a sense of. Or they came across them because they were still just living on the coast, being like, what the fuck will we do now? Right. So the captain of that ship was like, you guys should come with me back to British Honduras because at least your country is doing stuff there. And... A lot of them still were like, no, no, we should probably wait. We'll just wait it out. He'll be here soon. And uh, Hall finally went and he brought the king of the Mosquito Coast to get here, like to the settlement. And the king, when he got there, was kind of like, oh, what the fuck? Like, (laughs) I didn't tell him to do this. Like, there's definitely no country. He bamboozled all y'all. I revoke his claim to this land. Wow. And you guys should go do something else. Seriously. So then finally they all left. So like all of them, but like 40 of them who were already too sick because it's a fucking like summertime or something in a wild Latin American country. Right. Um, so they got like weird diseases and stuff. And so like they, they stayed there and like they had to make three trips in this cramped little ship to get to British Honduras. And out of 250 people, 180 of them died. Oh, my God. And some of them went to America or stayed in British Honduras and fewer than 50 actually went back to England. Like to the point where one guy moved there to be the royal cobbler and he realized what was up eventually and shot himself. Oh, my God. Because he left his country. He gave him all his money to get the fucking royal currency that didn't exist. And he left his family to go for a job. So he like. And he was like, fuck. He murdered these people. A hundred percent. He murdered so many people. And finally, when that happened, then the English government got involved and checked it out. And were like, "Mm, 
yeah, this isn't a thing. Which you'd think if it was supposed to be an entire country that's bigger than Wales. Right. They would have checked it out earlier. But no, they didn't give a shit, apparently. So there were five more immigrant ships on their way. Oh my when God. they finally he figured kept it out. Doing it? He kept doing it. He did it so much. When they finally figured it out, they had to send the Navy to intercept them and send them back home. And finally, like, McGregor went to Paris because now everybody knew about his fraud in England. Um, and some of the survivors came back to England and they defended him. I don't know what he told these people to make them do, like, think whatever he wanted, but they defended him. There was a, a lady whose name was Hasty. I, I don't know. Maybe that's, that's her last name. name. She signed an affidavit that said it wasn't his fault. This bitch said it was Colonel Hall's fault, the hero of our goddamn story. She said it was his fault for just, I don't know, ruining things and that it would have turned out different if he had been better. This is this man. Is McGregor Donald Trump's like great, great. Probably. Grandpa? Because this sounds very familiar. It's Real fucked up. And he tried this same shit in France, by the way. He fleed to France, to Paris, because the English government was like, yeah, that's not real. And everyone started printing in papers being like, oh, God, you guys, this isn't real. Like, it's a fake thing. This guy scammed all of us. And so he just tried the same shit in France. And it, like, worked a little bit. But I think somebody at some point in France was like, nah, fuck this. This is fake. Why do these people want to leave their countries anyway? That's so this is very strange. I don't know. I mean, he he portrayed it as if it was like a really great opportunity like like if you lived in the middle of America and someone told you sent you an email and said they could get you a job at Amazon and you could move to Seattle, <laughs> of course you would. It would be great. Uh -huh. But then when you got here instead of it being Seattle, it was actually like um Spokane. <laughs> Sorry, and I, you didn't have a job at all. I loved this comparison. Yes. <laughs> that's that's what it would be like, basically. Except way worse because also nothing is there and you got a disease and you died. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. So please tell me something happened to this man? No? He was acquitted of fraud oh somehow. God. Oh, my God. And he returned to England after that. And he tried the same shit. He kept trying to sell more government bonds. But they didn't do well. And this is why. Because investors thought it was dumb to buy it because it was the previous bonds didn't return on their investment. Not because it wasn't a fucking country. Nobody questioned that. Still, nobody thought it wasn't a country. Everyone was like, sure, whatever, it's a country. But, like, they're really not doing a good rate of return. So don't buy it anyway. What the fuck? Right. So people have been stupid forever. People have been stupid forever. And this is the this is the worst part. So he made the equivalent of it was a, a different amount, but for um, inflation, he made the equivalent of three point six billion pounds off of this total scheme. Wow. And he retired to Caracas in Venezuela where people forgot that he was a fuck up and they still thought he was a hero. He, they thought he was a war hero, so he just returned, rich as fuck, to Venezuela, and everyone was like, good for you. You're a respected <laughs> member of the community. Good for you. And to this day, in the 21st century, no one has developed anything that in that area of Poyers. 
Fuck. If fucking with our technology and wanting to like cut down the rainforest to make room for cattle and shit, still no one has touched that land. That's how shitty it was. Like I'm sure it's beautiful. It's probably a preservation for like animals and shit, but like people can't live on it. It's the worst. Just those weird little hermits. Yeah, just those weird little hermits. <laughs> They're having a great time. What the fuck? Uh, yeah. That's really messed up that nothing bad ever happened to the guy. that guy. But also, I believe it. Yeah. Yeah, so that's... Some bullshit. <laughs> that's my story. We're going to turn this podcast into... Uh, that's weird history. <laughs> <laughs> it's a history podcast about weird shit that happened a long, long time ago. Yeah. I mean, maybe next time I'll do something a little more contemporary, but I no, I say was... that because mine is, is it really, is I mean, it also history? It's, it's also history. <gasps> yeah. But it, I mean, it's not that, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to tell you a story that, about some shit that happened a long time ago and, and what happened from it. And like, yeah, this is a fucking historical podcast. I cannot wait. We did it. Yeah. Yeah. So that guy was fucked up. I'm sure I, I feel like I cursed a lot more than I normally do, but it was in my notes. You were getting heated. <sighs> what a dick. <laughs> so like, many people died because he lied to them. That's insane. Don't, don't ever give all your money to a random person. Yeah. I don't, I, I that's feel like the real that, lesson. I feel like that should go without saying, but yeah. you know, here we are. Don't do this. Don't, don't do this ever. Um, okay. <laughs> what year was that, by the way? I don't remember. Um, 1820. 1820. Fuck. That's when it started, like 1821. Okay. Well, mine's in the early 1900s. But oh. still, history. History! So back around like 1917, the United States was at war, and while all the men were shipped off, the women that were left behind had to find their own ways to help the country. Or like they wanted to help, but obviously they couldn't enlist or whatever. So they applied to work at local factories. The first radium factories in the United States were in New Jersey, Illinois, and Connecticut. And that's where these women worked. The ladies were taught to paint tiny watch dials all day, every day. Does that remind you of S-Town? <laughs> yes. Amazing. <laughs> S-Town is very good. If you haven't listened to it, you should. Um, so yeah, these ladies painted little um, watch dials. And in order to get the perfect point on their brushes... They were instructed by their superiors to put the brushes in their mouths. Like, you know, when you're painting and, you know, people, yeah, but, people oh do no. that. Yeah. Gross, but also real not, really not safe. Oh, just, no. Just a little FYI. They were told that this was completely safe to do, however, uh, even though the radium substance was literally glowing <gasps> as they used it. No. And even though the scientists that handled the paint wouldn't touch it themselves. They used gloves and tongs, but they told these women to put this shit in their mouths. Are you, I fucking can't. What a dick. This is lying to people and causing them <laughs> harm all over again. We almost always do very oh, similar stories. Wow. We don't know why. <laughs> Some women also painted their fingernails with the substance. Oh, no. Like whiteout? Like, you know how people did that in like high school? Oh, yeah. I guess so. It's but weird. damn. It's weird. Don't do it, please. Did their fingernails glow then? It was like when you, when people um, take those lightning bugs and they rip off their butts and then they put them. Actually, yeah. Wow. That's exactly what happened. That's horrible. Uh, and then many of the women started to get sick from this. They also glowed at night. They <gasps> would uh, get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. And there was one, I read a really cool story about this lady. It's not cool, but um, she got up in the middle of the night to use the, the restroom and she looked in her mirror and noticed that like her 
her body was like glowing in the darkness. Oh my God. Like she couldn't tell during the day, but at night, like when it was really dark, she could see that she was like radiating. Can you imagine? Fuck. That's not a good sign. No. <laughs> like I kind of want it to happen to me so that I can see me glow, but like I don't want to die. Wait until I tell you what happened to these ladies. Oh no. <laughs> you don't want this, Christy. Oh no. <laughs> so yeah, many of the women started to get sick. They were glowing. Uh, they suffered from anemia, bone fractures, and serious jaw problems that were disgusting. Oh, no. Their teeth started falling out. And in severe cases, their jaw bones would break apart and fall out as well. Like no! you could re- After the teeth fell out, you could reach in and no. just pull a piece of your jaw out. No. Fuck that. Oh, my God. Ugh. No. I know. I know. Their bodies were also full of rot and pus. And they no. started... To die. These women obviously could not live with these ailments. Almost 4,000 workers were hired between 1917 and 1925, and it's unknown how many actually died from exposure to radiation. Jesus. U.S. Radium and other watchdial companies, who were the ones that hired these women, and by the way, just women, uh, tried to pass uh, off the workers' deaths as syphilis and other common causes of the time. They refused to take responsibility for the shit that they did, did to these people. Oh, my God. They even pressured doctors and dentists to withhold patient information from going public. And those motherfuckers did. <gasps> like, they oh, pretended that, guys. Yeah, that these women were just crazy. Or that they just had syphilis. Yeah. Yeah. What? Your jaw falls apart when you have syphilis. That makes sense. That's so fucked up. So the women banded together and sued the shit out of those companies that willingly poisoned them. Of course, most lawyers and judges at the time wouldn't take the women seriously until the inventor of radium dial paint himself, a man, got sick. Oh, my God. (laughs) I know. It's so fucked up. I hate this. It's so fucked up. It makes me feel sick for more than one reason. I know. Oh, no. So that guy, after he got sick himself, he offered to help the radium girls, which is what they were called, in court. Yeah, of course they were girls. Of course. Oh, I hate this. I hate this so much. It's infuriating. I'm so mad. Uh, Catherine Donahue was one of the radium girls. She was a huge part of the trials. She had developed a grapefruit sized tumor that bulged from her hip. She lost her teeth and had to keep a handkerchief to her jaw at all time to soak up the pus that was leaking from her mouth. I'm going to puke. Oh my God. Fuck. They all had these tumors. Oh Jesus. There's one of this poor woman had like a tumor. Her chin. It was like she grew another head out of her chin. It was this huge tumor. It was awful. I hate this. I know. This is the worst. This is worse (laughs) Then your dog suicide, Ashley. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. So Catherine was very close to death when her case finally went to court, but she ignored doctor's orders like a badass and gave evidence from her deathbed. Fuck yeah. She finally won justice for herself and for workers everywhere in that lawsuit. This was around the time that OSHA was created. That's the... Um, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. Mm-hmm. Before OSHA, 14,000 people would die on the job each year. Nowadays, it's more like 4,000. Still a lot. <laughs> but hey, that's better. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, her and these women and this uh, lawsuit led to helping OSHA become a reality. Basically. So it's you can thank the Radium Girls for the fact that we have... I guess regulations today and our employers can't just actually murder us. And it's, you know, 
and and just tell people to cover it up who the fuck does that what kind of fucking doctor is like yeah you're literally falling apart but like shut the fuck up about it okay yeah sorry but it's just because like you have syphilis it's Mm. your own part you're a whore so whatever god damn listen you're probably hysterical right now so by the way this all started because these women wanted to help their country when in a time of war don't help your country don't ever not if you're marginalized (laughs) they ain't gonna help you fuck and just a cool side note uh the radium girls are probably glowing in their graves because radium can last up to 1600 years and it stays embedded in your bones wow which is crazy that's crazy um yeah there's a lot of photos of their tumors and stuff it's fucking disgusting obviously i'm gonna put it in the show notes oh yeah those poor girls like i can't believe this fucking shit happened I'm so, oh, I hate this so much. It was awful. So a little history for you of how OSHA was created and why um, you don't fuck around with radiation. Wow. <laughs> just, just FYI. Oh, yeah. When they were getting x-rayed, which I didn't know they had x-rays back then. Oh. Um, I guess that made it worse. Like yeah, they would well, go yeah. to the doctor and be like, something's wrong. And they would get x-rayed and it would just kind of enhance the radiation. Oh, no. It's like these poor women were fucking doomed. Like Jesus. So awful. Um, and surprisingly, uh, so there is like a lot of information about this on Wikipedia, but there's actually a fantastic Buzzfeed article oh. that was, it's well-researched. Wow. It's not a listicle and, um, is it a quiz? it's not a quiz and it, it's really, really in depth and, and good. So I'm going to put that in my show notes as well. Cause you should read the entire history of, and it's like has, has all their names and like, uh, yeah. it's great. Like I read all of that and then I was like, obviously this is going to be my story on that's weird and then yeah. i went and found other stuff and anyway so yeah that happened um i hated that i'm sorry <laughs> i know it's awful it's so awful oh my god that makes me feel bad about being a woman makes me feel bad <laughs> about workers that are just trying to make a make a life right oh and they're getting paid shit on yeah of, all of course that. and then when men came back if they hadn't died, then they would have been fired for their jobs so that they could be moms and dads could have jobs. Right. That's what happened right after that. And then all of a sudden they'd be like, actually, you guys should be using like gloves and tongs and masks. <laughs> the men, just the men. Yeah, just the men. Yeah, of course. Oh, honey, do you want a, a lead <laughs> apron that's going to affect you maybe trying to have kids? And that's important. For oh, honey. <laughs> oh, honey. Yeah, truly, truly awful. Um, I hate that. I can't believe that people were, I can't believe people knew that it was bad for you, obviously. Right. And we're just like, yeah, you can eat it. Just put it in your mouth. MBD. No big deal. It's whatever. What else? Not a big deal. Yeah. Even though I think the, uh, I feel like even in the Buzzfeed, uh, article, they talk about the person that discovered it, but it's not that man. The man invented it and then someone else discovered it something like that i don't Mm -hmm. know but that person got really really sick what kind of radiation did marie curie do yes that's who it was yeah that's who um, i mean she did get like real fucked up by radiation she did i feel like she was like mining for it maybe she like found what i don't know i don't remember oh yeah yeah. no she did like a shitload of science on it yeah she basically figured out like what the fuck it is i think yeah, it messed her up too. I think her for her it was like her and the uh, the guy that I talked about previously that joined their lawsuit. The um, it was like their hands 
got yeah. really messed up. But for these girls that were putting paintbrushes in their mouth, it was their jaws yeah. and their faces and stuff. Jesus. So that's that's weird. That's well, weird history edition. I hated that. I know. I'm sorry. Me too. <sighs> uh, you can <laughs> you can read more about it on that'sweird.org. Yeah. Or, you know, sometimes we post to Twitter and Instagram. Sometimes. Sometimes. Follow or, us to find out. Yeah, follow us to find out if we're going <laughs> to post. Or we do, like, you know, podcasts. Yeah. So just you can just listen to that. That's true. We'll have show notes. <laughs> we're good at our show notes, actually. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, that's it, man. That's it. Sorry. Sorry to bum you out. Just don't let people trick you, I guess, was the moral of this episode. Yeah. If somebody wants to sell you a bond for something, make sure it exists. Yeah. Just check with someone. Your government obviously doesn't give a shit about you <laughs> because they didn't check it out. Right. Um, and like, watch out for those. If anybody ever who's your boss tells you that something's safe and don't worry about it, don't fucking believe them. Never. They're not going to have to deal with it. You call OSHA right now. <laughs> Can you imagine? So many. Ugh. You know, I had a retail job once where I think that we were, I was doing like the window displays and I was up really high on this ledge that we weren't really supposed to be on. And I think someone like moved the ladder so I couldn't even get down. <gasps> and my manager came over and was like, you guys, if OSHA was here right now, we'd be shut down. What are you doing? <laughs> oh my God. So things are better now, maybe. Mm, not really. Some people care. Not a lot of people care. Just because they were like, um, <laughs> what the fuck? We were teenagers. So yeah, someone should have been watching us. Yeah. Obviously. Probably. This is right. our, maybe our longest episode of all time. Oh no. Yeah. I'm sorry. If you lasted this whole time, you're a trooper. Great. You're an MVP of That's Weird. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>